forget the mistake, remember the lesson. Yeah, because some companies, you fail, you get fired. If your goal in life is not to fail, you're not going to learn and you're not going to grow. Failure is good if you are failing forward and learning from it. Welcome back to Lead the Team with number one best-selling author and in-demand corporate trainer, Ben Fanning. On this podcast, the world's most innovative senior leaders share their top success strategies to motivate your direct reports, cultivate your top leaders, and accelerate your career. Let's get started. Here's Ben. Hey there, Lead the Team Nation. Welcome back to another great episode. I've got a doozy. That's right, a doozy coming your way today with Josh Leatherman, who's the Chief Marketing Officer over at Service Express. He's partnered with his executive team to grow the company from $30 million in annual revenue to over $300 million. And he's grown the marketing department from just two people to over 100. I mean, imagine that. Two to 100 people during his time at Service Express by focusing on performance. He's also been featured in Ad Age and is a graduate and now fellow of the Marketing Academy and was recently named a 101 top B2B marketing influencer by CMO Huddles. Josh, welcome to Lead the Team, sir. Thanks, man. Good to be here. Oh, so we had Ron on a while back from Service Express who completely annihilated in a positive way. His interview did a great job and having him on. And now I'm delighted we get another executive because you guys are just, I mean, rocking and rolling over there. And I cannot wait to get your perspective. So if you had a time machine and could go back in time to give your younger self one piece of advice, what would it be? I think it would be uh, uh, forget the mistake, remember the lesson. I think growing up, um, I, I often beat myself up over mistakes or allowed other people to beat me up over failures and mistakes. And in the past, probably eight or nine, 10 years, uh, I learned that there are lessons for mistakes. And when you look back at at how you failed, Oftentimes, what you do is you propel yourself forward. You learn about the lesson, and failure is important. You must fail in order to learn. If you know, if if your goal in life is not to fail, you're not going to learn, and you're not going to grow. And hmm. I think there's just this, this common misconception in many companies and even outside of business that failure is bad, and failure is not bad. Failure is good if you are failing forward and learning from it. Hmm. Yeah, because some companies, you fail, you get fired, or you yep. get humiliated on the conference call. Um, so what do you say to people who are, who are afraid of failure because they're afraid they're going to fail and get fired versus fail and learn? Listen, I'd say, first of all, if that is your fear, get past it and start mm. and start to kind of learn like, what the lessons are of failure. If if you have a fear of failure because your boss or your company weaponizes fear, find a different boss or company because that is an unhealthy culture and you will not grow because you cannot learn from that. All right. Wow. Powerful. And I'm loving it. So now putting your putting your executive head on and you've got a team and you're like, hey, you guys got to fail. Because we're not, we're not figuring out failing forward enough. They want to see more of that. But the flip side is they go out and they bet the bet the house 
on a project yeah. or bet the bet the company bottom line. Uh, yeah. How do you talk to them about failure being essential, but doing it the right way? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. So start small scale quickly. You've probably heard that. Like when you, mm. we, we rarely bet the house on something that is unknown. You know, it, it, we, we spin up, uh, it's, it's great to have little labs where you are baking up lots of different innovative ideas, but you're not putting a ton of, uh, resources behind it, meaning dollars, or people aren't spending a ton of time on it, but we're just kind of testing the waters. And when you see a little success, you can build on that. But the reality, I, I believe the reality is if you're doing it right, you're going to fail more often than you succeed. It's kind of like if you're investing in um, startups, right? If you're a startup investor, nine out of 10 companies that you invest in are going to fail, but the one is going to make up, the one that succeeds is going to make up for all those failures. And so you build an environment where you are testing often, you're innovative, you're curious, you're learning from it, and your team is doing the same. You're testing often. You recognize that nine times out of 10, you're going to fail. But my God, when you hit that one, it should be consequential and impactful. And I'll tell you, my almost 13 years at Service Express is leading the marketing team. Uh, we've built our success on that. We failed more often than, we, than we've succeeded. But when we figure out that one success, we capitalize on it and we divert resources and we figure out how to get people and dollars on it. Well, so what's been one of your more memorable or favorite tests that, that panned out for you guys? Yeah, I think that panned out. I think uh, in demand marketing, we have this survey program. And um, we started it many years ago. And it was simply at hmm. Service Express, we do not have a lot of market awareness. We are up against a lot of big names and big guys. So we're a little bit of an insurgent company, despite the fact that we're $300 million in revenue. And we had this idea that... Um, you know, inbound marketing was a struggle for us. And so we had to innovate. We didn't want to do just like send emails that people delete or get caught in spam filters. Uh, we recognize that as we send marketing out, there's value when our buyers mm. give us information back. And so we started paying people for the value that they would provide. And so we we mm. started creating these surveys and we would pay our prospects, our greatest prospects, to give us information about their priorities, their data center, data center infrastructure, uh, anything that was pertinent to us or that would help their colleagues, we paid them to, to give us the answers and to, and to tell us what was important to them. Mm. And as we started to get that information, we then thought, man, there's value here. And so we published, and we still do for many years, we've published an annual report. And it's kind of the definitive report on data center infrastructure, priorities, challenges that that uh, hmm. IT people face in the data center, and it was a small bet. You know, it was uh, it cost a little bit of money, and now it's a big part of our budget, and it's it's really paid off in our ability to be able to serve our buyers well, but also drive leads to our sales team. What a great example of betting small amounts, seeing testing it, and. And it was such, that's a, that's a really great one because you had an allocated budget, you knew what you're going to put into it, and I love the idea of paying people for their time. If you want somebody to really spend time on something and really give you great feedback, 
be willing to invest in it. And now that it sounds like that now it's grown and that reports become a big part of what you guys are in your brand awareness. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it was it was similar for us during the pandemic when we started podcasting because we'd podcasted for a while and it kind of bumped along and not really taken off. But I decided to flip it on its head a little bit, go for a certain type of guests, invite them and help them leverage that podcast in different ways. And then it started growing. And then we sort of after that. Then we saw the success. Then we started allocating more resources to it. Yeah. And here am I today interviewing Josh. All right. It's, it, mean, it really starts with a question like, how can I be helpful? Right. Like a lot of marketing teams, uh, people who want to be influencers, like a lot of these people, what they do is they start with going, what content can I create? And they really focus on kind of driving the content that they yes. want to believe that will be beneficial to them. And it really begins with how can I be helpful? How can I teach? How can I learn about the buyer or the listener or the watcher? And how can I be more helpful for them? There's a CMO. I'm sure you're, you and Ron are kicking this idea around a lot. And Ron is out there an awful lot on social media, more than probably the CEOs or the CMOs or of your competition, right? Yeah, absolutely. You you guys are really behind this idea and you're pushing this idea of getting your leaders out there. Yeah. I mean, you jumped on this interview. You don't, I mean, you love to get on there, right? You you're out mixing it up. What's been the main benefit that you've seen for your career and your organization for the senior executives, uh, being willing to sort of put themselves out there and get their message out. Easy, easy. It is talent acquisition. It is our ability to um, help other talented people whose values align with ours, understand that there is a company and our company has these values and we are willing to develop this way. Mm. Uh, It's helping them understand who we are as an organization because it's difficult to do that. A company can't do that. Service Express from our social accounts, people want to follow people. They don't want to follow companies, right? And Uh, Mm -hmm. So as much as we can get Ron and my entire executive team on podcasts like this or spotlighted or traveling to events, as as often as we can do that, uh, it is so critical to our ability to attract talent. And as a company that grows every year by double-digit annual revenue growth, uh, our ability to grow is is. Uh, it's directly proportional to our ability to get good people on the team who buy into our values, want to be a part of something big, want to serve others. They align with our values, right? And uh, getting myself, Ron, and other executives out there is critical to talent acquisition. I love that. And, you know, I've been reading some infrastructure. So so for the listeners, we're recording this in, in July 2023. And LinkedIn had a pretty significant logarithm update. And it's specifically, basically aligned with your message exactly. They want to reward leaders for sharing ideas and with their employees uh, and, and especially on niche topics and they're, they're going to, they're and their followers. So it's, it's really, uh, to me, what I'm reading through it and what I'm reading is it rewards executives who are leading organizations who are willing to be out there. And you guys have been doing it for a while. Um, so anyway, it's something for leaders to be thinking about. They're not doing it. Now, what was your path from 30 
to 300 million as, as CMO. I'll say there's a lot of CMOs out there that have had success, but you rarely hear one that adds a whole zero when it comes to millions uh, during their tenure. Uh, well, what, yeah, and, and the like? average the the average tenure of a CMO is you know something like three or three point two years. You know, so I'm very proud to have uh, to survive to have survived well beyond the average. Uh, mm-hmm. And I would say that you know the success of marketing at Service Ex- Express is that we measure what matters and we tie our metrics to the critical metrics of the organization, meaning. You know, Service Express has four core values. One is revenue growth. One is margin retention. We have customer experience uh, and then employee engagement. And um, listen, if I mm. one piece of advice I would give to anyone is when your company says this is what's important, if you want to avoid layoffs, if you want to avoid getting yourself sideways in, in your career, uh, Make sure that you align your key performance objectives, the way you measure your the work that you do to the companies. Because if you do that, you're going to be significantly more valuable uh, to the organization. But I, I would just say um, at Service Express, marketing is uber aligned to uh, revenue growth in particular. We source about 75% of new logo pipeline and revenue. So we are truly a part of building uh, Service Express's growth engine and making sure that we we grow year over year. We're not, you know, we're not just a bunch of fancy brand marketers. Like we don't throw things out um, in marketing and just kind of do it and not measure it. Uh, mm. Everything we do is measured and the way we hire individuals and the way we prioritize projects are directly aligned to you know, our company's core objectives. Want to boost your productivity and decision-making? Get vital insights from each episode delivered directly to your inbox. A great resource, whether you've listened to the episode or not. Go to benfanning.com slash insight. All right. Two good things there I want to talk about. Number one, so you're debunking the idea of the marketing people sit around and make up fancy logos, throw ideas, spend a bunch of money, have have no numbers to show for it. Yeah. Which when you do that, that by the way, when marketing does that, they're a cost center, right? <laughs> and, and what happens when companies are they look at the cost centers where there is no ROI, right? And the other you, thing is you get cut early in a in a tight situation, they'll cut the marketing budget if they say it's a cost center. Yeah. Absolutely. And the other thing is when you do that in a conference room and you throw out some of that, the other stuff, it's so subjective. Like some people love it. Some people hate it. Look at the Bud Light stuff. Like somebody thought that was a great idea in a conference room somewhere, but they were truly not, they had not done the research they needed to with their core base of buyers in their their market, right? When marketers get in conference rooms and they're disconnected from the buyer and the metrics that matter, bad things typically happen. Yeah. Too too separated from their 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 core there. So what are you doing to make sure that you're invited to all the meetings and not just the marketing guy? Like you're at the table when the business conversations are going, because it's like marketing, HR, you know, it's easier for IT to get, you know, these groups to get left out 
Yeah. And then you guys are making decisions uh, that aren't as informed. Yeah. I think, first of all, by benefit of being in marketing, marketing in the past decade is probably the one discipline that has changed more than any other, except for maybe like IT, you know, Mm. Um, marketing is responsible for um, analytics. Uh, We have tools that at scale provide the business with more uh, information on who our buyer are, what the trends in the market are. And so, uh, you know, it is incumbent on any marketing executive to be, to have a bigger voice at the table and to have a seat at the table. And I think marketers who are progressive and leverage the right technology and bring the right insights and points of view to mm-hmm. the executive team are incredibly valued with executive teams. Uh, and I would just say the other thing is I, you, you, you had said it, you know, the marketing guy, how is the marketing guy? Do you, I don't view myself as the marketing guy. I, I am, if you look at chief marketing officer, I take my responsibility and I start with the end, which is officer first. I'm an officer of the company first. My job is to be a good executive and, uh, and not to put my team first. It's to put the organization first, because Mm. if I put the organization first, my team will flourish and other teams will flourish. So when it comes budget time, for example, and we're all in many organizations, you're all fighting for budget dollars. There's one pie in Mm -hmm. marketing and finance and IT. Everybody gets a little bit, right? And so what happens is y'all start fighting over it. I'm an officer of the organization first. I am most interested first and foremost in what is going to help our organization grow, Mm -hmm. not how marketing is going to grow. And my team's better for it and my organization is better for it. Yeah, so, so good. And I'm glad you mentioned uh, budgeting time because I think that's when the rubber meets the road. Yeah, Yeah. we're all kumbaya one team until it's budgeting time and you're looking at what gets allocated. But if you have a bottom line perspective, I think you gain the respect of other leaders. Yeah. And it's honestly, it's easier to talk about your own projects because the projects you're putting out there are hopefully more bottom line oriented and yeah. I, I'm glad that you mentioned also in your answer earlier about alignment, like if, and you were speaking to, I think all, all professionals out there working in companies that it's their job to make sure that their personal goals connect with the key performance indicators and measurements of the broader organization. And I think, and I would love your insight on this. I feel like the leaders in our companies sort of make the assumption that employees get that or yeah. that the employees are going to figure out that connection from their stuff to the bottom line. And honestly, they should. But when you get into they should, you miss too many people. How proactive do you think executives need to be in helping everybody make that connection? I think they have to be this proactive. I think every executive, uh, I, I think every leader should meet every single month with the, the people who they are charged with leading and developing. And I think they should be looking through the core metrics of that person's role, whether it's you know three yeah. or six metrics. And when they look through them, that person should have a goal 
and that sh- person should have inputted what their results are. Hmm. And it sounds like it's you're just sitting back and measuring employees, but you're you're not doing that for if you do, it, for you to be a good coach and developer of someone, which is what a good leader is. They're a good coach and developer first. Hmm. You to be able to do that as a leader, you have to understand how they're performing, and you can't you know um, you cannot give them continuous improvement feedback if you don't have a baseline to understand how they're performing. And guess what? You can't recognize and reward people through higher compensation or, you know, other rewards if you don't understand where your A players are winning. So I think that's how Mm. important it really is as an organization is the leaders certainly must have KPIs that they are, they're walking through on a regular basis. And if I have KPIs like Number of opportunities created every month from demand marketing, number of closed deals every month from demand. If I have those opportunities, if I have mm. those KPIs listed for me, it's a great model uh, and way for my teams downstream to understand what their priorities should be. Yeah, you're walking the walk and you're yeah. willing to talk about your goals with them. A lot of leaders, they don't talk to their teams about their goals. So, like, these are my goals. I'm going to give them their goals, but no model that behavior talk about talk with your goals you know make sure yeah. they understand what your goals are because they kind of fall into that and i'm curious from your standpoint so you you started leading in the company two people yeah and now is a hundred people what have you done to keep your saw sharp enough to skip because i mean there's some things that don't change from two to two yeah. to 100 yeah but that's a lot more people to deal with. So what have you done in your development to uh, to prepare yourself for that kind of growth in a team? Yeah, I think uh, I can't be the same CMO at 300, a company that's 300 million in revenue and we have over 100 employees as I was at 30 million in revenue and two employees. I wouldn't still be here. I'd be a part of that, you know, yeah. three, two years of average tenure for a C- CMO. The most important thing um, I've done without question is, uh, and we practice this as Service Express, it's R&D. You've, it's rip off and duplicate. It's building a tribe of people, right? If I want to be a $300 million CMO, I don't have to invent the wheel. The wheel's been invented with mm. CMOs who have built organizations or who are at organizations that are... 300 million, 500 million, 1 billion in revenue. Like they've built that. And so my job is to build a network where I can Mm. get in front of them, hopefully provide some value to them, but also learn about what they've done. And my leaders and I traveled to, you know, salesforce.com. We've traveled to LinkedIn. We've traveled to every progressive, every company that has the most progressive marketing organizations We've bought plane tickets, hotels, and we literally shadowed the ones that would let us do it for a day or two and built networks so that when we had a problem um, or we had a question, we had somebody that we could bounce that off of. And and we ripped off what we could and duplicated what was appropriate at Service Express. All right. So let's dive into that. I think there, there's so much wisdom in that. And so many, I mean, myself included. Spend so much time re- reinventing the will. And yeah. uh, any, anybody who's thinking think about, is there any, is your, is everyone's company truly that unique? Like, are you really inventing a new iPhone? Like, yeah. is, you know, so, and that happens occasionally, 
but you don't have to. And we, and we're, we're limited a lot of times um, because we limit ourselves and we're not as proactive now. So you guys have a strategy of finding people doing it well at the level you want to be at. And then you're, you're not just calling them on the phone. You're buying plane tickets. You're going out. I mean, what, what, so what are these conversations like? You're like, Hey, I'm Josh's service express. Hey, LinkedIn. I know you're this mega, you know, conglomerate social media companies. Okay. If we come hang out with you for a day. Yeah. First of all, buying the plane tickets and the hotel rooms, it's, it's the best. I mean, I'm telling you when I look at ROI, it's the best money I, I spend on my people. Um, and you know, the bone, the, the benefit of being marketers at service express, a growing organization is LinkedIn and Salesforce and many of the other organizations that we visited are customers of ours or, or we're customers of theirs. And so they're trying to sell us, they're trying to upsell us. And so we're leveraging that relationship, you know, oh, nice. it, yeah. it, because we're their customer. And by the way, most of them, even the ones who we're not customers of, you would be surprised. Um, I tell my people all the time, you'd be surprised if you just ask how many people will say yes. The The biggest lift for people is just to ask. Hmm. And um, we have it all the time. We have organizations that who, who ask and we want to give back. And so they, they visit Service Express and they learn about how we do performance measurement. They learn about our culture. They learn about how what our, our sales motion and marketing motion is, what technologies we use. Uh, and if anyone asks, like, I can't think of a time in my 13 years where I've said, no, you can't do that because you know what? I know I'm going to learn something from them too. Ah, nice. Um, so this is, uh, and I like that. I, I think it's, I've never, man, we're like, we're, we're well over 200 plus shows. And I don't think I've heard this strategy, uh, okay. but it makes so much sense. It requires leaders to make a little investment of time and money. And also I think that there's one step before all this, which is determining who the players are out there. Yeah. What companies that you want to learn from in different areas. Do you just sort of, do you take a structured approach to, Hey, I want to grow my company in this area, or I want to grow this service. Who's doing it well, or is it more just organic? Yeah, it's organic. First of all, oftentimes what will happen is, you know, we'll, we'll hit a certain size in revenue and our marketing team will hit a certain size and we'll start going, okay, the next major thing we've got to get into is account-based marketing. For example, who's doing account-based marketing really well. We identify the company and if we have a sales rep working to grow our business with them, it's easy. We work through the sales rep. If we don't, yep. we engage executives. So I have team members who will come to me and go, hey, reach out, would you mind reaching out to this CMO? Like we have no connection here. And where it can be difficult sometimes for a frontline employee or even lower leader to be able to get any traction because people at the other organization often feel unempowered to do that type of thing, they'll leverage me or another executive to get mm-hmm. in. And executives are always willing to, to network like that. We know that's, that's how we got where we were at is our ability to build a tribe in a network. So it is rare when I will reach out to another chief marketing officer or chief revenue officer, chief growth officer, and they won't return my call. I love it. And it sounds like, too, the company culture is the executives. That's part of your responsibility. 
Yeah, we should be leading that way too. I'm involved in a number of groups. Uh, you said it earlier, the Marketing Academy. Um, you know, I have a number of mm-hmm. organizations. My team sees that I am often building relationships with other company and other executives. I have to model it if I expect it from them. Powerful. And I, I, I see, I mean, I see a lot of leaders, they get so insular. They're working with their team. They're focused on the team. Well, my team's driving my results. I'm all about the team, but they don't leverage their title, their experience, their voice in the world beyond their company. And it limits their growth Absolutely. as an individual, but it limits that your point is you're limiting the growth of your organization. Yeah. When you don't That's do that. exactly right, Ben. If, if, I, if I'm not doing that as a chief marketing officer, I'm limiting my team's growth. Yeah. And you can do it publicly on LinkedIn by get, yeah. getting your message out there so yeah. they can see it. All right. So starting to wind this up here, uh, what are three success strategies, even though you've already given us about 40, what are three success strategies all employees need to understand? Yeah, I would say one is, uh, man, if you can learn this at a young age, like you're winning. One is your compensation is not correlated to how hard you work. It's correlated to how how hard you are to replace. Uh, work on the consequential things of your business. Be somebody who is so irreplaceable because you are solving the big problems that people can't help but pay you more uh, because... You're, you're, you're that important to the business. So I would say mm. that is one. Number two is uh, do the hard things. Um, what I mean by do the hard things is, you know, building muscle is hard. So most people are physically weak. Saving money is hard. So most people are financially broke. Um, do the hard things today and they will limit how hard life is in the future. Like attack mm. the hard things. Don't procrastinate. Don't put them off. Uh, and then I would say number three is, I believe this with every uh, uh, every bone in my body, which is you are the average of the five, six, seven people you surround yourself with. Look at those people. Are they? Are they? You know, are they doing healthy things? Do they have good energy? Are they positive? Are they energy givers or energy takers? Are they learners? Are they developers? You are the average of those people. If you want to be rich, if you want to be an executive, surround yourself people with people who are either doing that or they're on the path up. I would yeah, say that. A great number. one to wind up on because I believe, I'm, I love it when you said that. I believe that is the greatest life hack of all time. You don't even have to really know exactly what you're doing in an area, but if you're just around people yeah. that are succeeding in that, in that, whether it's financial or professional, you're going to absorb that. It's how we function. And so, so I got so many great takeaways here, but it's really I, one of the big calls to action that I hear for myself and for other leaders, you got to get external, think about your network, think about reaching out. Don't just play the insular inside game. Uh, There's just so much more there. Yeah, man. Josh, thanks for coming on the show today, sir. Thanks, Ben. Appreciate it. If you're an executive at a crossroads in your career and thinking about quitting, do this before you do anything else. Head over to benfanning.com slash quit to receive a free signed copy of my number one bestselling book, The Quit Alternative, The Blueprint for Creating the Job You Love Without Quitting. You'll learn the critical questions you must answer 
before you make such an impactful decision. Go to benfanning.com slash quit to get this valuable resource for just the cost of shipping. Ben Fanning is a number one best-selling author, Inc. Magazine columnist, and CEO of the Fanning Group, an international consultancy and corporate training company. To learn how they can help your organization, go to benfanning.com.